Welcome back to the Enjoy the Walk podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Hope you guys are still a little bit of a food coma from the Thanksgiving holidays. I know we enjoyed ourselves, Dante, uh, in our prospective hometowns. Uh, keeping it small, keeping it family-oriented this year, but uh, looking forward to, I guess, the holiday season now. We're, we're in that weird transition time between the full season of the golf world and kind of this, like, you know, I guess – I would say free time for some of the top pros, you know, they're really not in a full-time schedule. Most of them are off until like the new year, um, but a really cool time for a lot of the web.com guys. And a lot of the, um, you know, nationwide tour guys, or I guess whatever you want to call it now, the corn Ferry tour guys. Um, it, it's a cool time for them because you're seeing a lot of these uh, open-ended schedule events where these guys can get themselves in some, some tournaments here in the, in the future. So let's dive into it, man. What are, what are you most excited for coming up in the next year? few weeks in the golf world hmm great question I feel like there's so much stuff like you said there's so much things going on that these players are doing I I really think it's it's the ones that are they're out there really trying to grind their way on the things I think I mean you see some of these guys you know they're playing all these events like uh Akshay Batia he just got himself into a Monday qualifier seeing guys like like him and you're seeing like these young young stars trying to make it on on tour really grind out on these you know tournaments that are steam st still being held in the warmer climates and you know they're really making the push to try and get themselves on tour and that's what i think i love to see around this time is like those guys who you know they have it they're putting the work in and they've done it all summer they've been playing all types of events and now it's like they have that a couple extra events in the winter time that they possibly have better opportunity of playing than you know, some of like the top 100s taking their spot to where they can get in, get themselves out on the course and really grind out and try and get some, you know, get some status for the upcoming year. Yeah, it's one of those exciting times. Like you said, uh, we, we don't see that top 100 as much, uh, but it really opens up a, uh, a, I think, an awesome opportunity to see some of these guys who are gunning, uh, gunning for their lives, uh, make a name for themselves here in December of all the months, uh, you know, down in Mexico and some of these kind of Latin places. Uh, it, it's going to be exciting to see. One of the notables, I think, you know, we were talking about who we want to see and who's not going to be there. Uh, Dustin Johnson decided to drop out after his uh, historic Masters win, decided to drop out of his next up-and-coming event. Um, and I think it's kind of, you know, par for the course. You don't you don't see a Masters winner tee it up the week or two after um, an event like that. So, uh, but exciting news. I think, you know, obviously going into December here and into the next year, 2021, and, and even further down the line, um, PGA Tour and European Tour joining forces kind of signing a an alliance of sorts to uh to agree for what looks like and we'll get into it here what looks like a, an all-world schedule for you know down the road 2021 and beyond uh boy that's going to be some exciting times if they're able to pull this off yeah and, and like you were saying because we were trying to dive in to see what they really are are utilizing it for now i we discussed earlier as i kind of thought it was like emerge but not necessarily it seems as if they're given the okay on each party to play on each party's turf for their status and their points and all that because we were talking about this before it seems like when they try 
and do type of these merging events or say like they try to do a PGA mixed with an LPGA event or, you know, vice versa or, or say PGA champions, like where they try and mix two tours together in one tournament. No, nothing is for points. It's kind of almost like a charitable thing, but these guys are out there trying to grind and get points so they can get themselves to the championships of their respected tour. So it's neat to see that we were actually diving into it a little bit more, dissecting it and really coming to the realization that it's almost that they're opening the world region for them to play their tours at throughout the, throughout the country, rather than the general region that they are actually in. Like the PGA, you kind of look in the United States, you know, maybe a couple of things in Mexico or whatnot, maybe overseas, but now you're opening, now you can go, looks like there can be pga tours events in you know australia the middle east asia even europe and then vice versa with european tours scene imagine like all the european guys for the europe tour coming over to the united states and playing at a course in the u.s i think that's going to open up a lot more opportunity for plenty of other courses to be hosting uh uh, professional events well absolutely and you look at it this way too right i i feel like so many guys in europe have to make the tough tough decision do i completely abandon the tour i grew up on whether it's the challenge tour or the european tour and and chase money and fame and and go over to the pga tour and try and make a run of it or do i stay in my homeland do i stay in europe and do i make a living here both tours, phenomenal tours. We see the likes of Lee Westwood primarily play a lot over in the European tour. Henrik Stenson usually just plays on the European tour other than majors and, and world golf championship events. Um, and, and, and you can see it kind of hurting them in the long run too. When you, if you don't have a, a stellar kind of five, six tournament run in the PGA tour as a European golfer right now, you're not making the FedEx cup points. You don't have that extra incentive to play for that $10 million. So why go play in the first place when I can just stay at home, fly locally, you know, not have to fly across the pond all the time and, and traveling becomes a big issue it, it, when you're going back and forth and back and forth, because you need the points for the European tour, but you need the points for the PGA tour. And I think what we're going to see, which is so incredible, you're going to see points count for everything. It's not just going to be points for the European tour versus points for the uh, P PGA tour. I think it's going to create an awesome dichotomy and I'm just kind of spitballing here. So, you know, stop me if I'm wrong, but I think it's going to create an awesome opportunity for Ryder cup and, and president's cup style events too. Cause you're going to have active leaderboards, right? I feel like when you put PGA and European tour together, when you have this kind of conglomerate where it's all one leaderboard per se, all one ranking system you're going to have this kind of i think closer comparable relationship between who's going to make the you know rider cup team the u.s if these are the u.s rider cup team guys and these are the european rider cup cup team guys the, here's your active leaderboard of how the rankings are at, stacking up i just think it creates such a great opportunity for world golf i guess harmony you could say i love it i absolutely love the idea of it all coming together I do too. And I think it's more for, I guess you can say exposure to different tours and different players. I mean, I've come across numerous times on the weekend is, you know, I'm getting ready to go play like a Saturday or Sunday morning round with, uh, with the guys and, you know, our, our usual Sunday game. And I usually wake up pretty early. We usually hold the early tea times and, you know, I'm up, you know, five, 6am and, you know, I turn on the golf channel and the European tours and, 
the middle of their tournament. You know, these guys <laughs> have been playing already for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. I think you, the U.S. misses a lot of that. They miss a lot of these style, these types of players. There's so many players that play on the European tour that the average uh, golf viewer or American, I guess you can say, probably does not realize that these guys are actually playing just because of the time zone differences because they're just – they're not weird like I am where I'm up at like four or five in the morning because I'm so excited to go hack it around and shit the bed. But but like trying to, on a serious note, there are so many other players out over the pond that you just don't know about. And there's so much great play that you can see, but it's just the time zones are so different that you're not seeing it because you're not up. Well, and it's and funny think, too, right? You talk about us, you know, having to get up so insanely early. If you don't, you miss it. And like you said, I think you put it perfectly. There's so many guys that we just don't hear about because you miss those tournaments because we're not seeing the same time frame. So, what if you're taking that event and and saying, well, it's a PGA and European Tour event, so it's a it it it's the one and the same, and we get that replayed at like prime time coverage. All of a sudden, you're seeing guys, and I'm going to name some guys off for you that I don't think you're going to recognize. Um, I don't think most of our listeners are going to recognize simply because they were in the European Tour for most of the year. This is the race to Dubai, uh, kind of top 25. And other than your, you know, your typical names like Louis Oosthuizen, uh, Tommy Fleetwood, Patrick Reed, there's guys on there like Aaron Rye, Victor Perez, Lucas Herbert. Uh, I'm going. I'm still in the top 15 of race to Dubai. So this is like names that none of us have heard of yet are just absolute studs in the world of golf and really aren't getting, I feel like even their world golf ranking, um, you know, kind of day in court, I guess you could say, because they're not getting recognized on a world level. And when you start to bring this go global golf conglomerate together, um, you start letting the entire world in on this kind of fame and fortune that, for the last, I would say, so many decades has only really been available if you came over and played on the PGA Tour. Yeah, and it's going to come down to just good exposure. Like, you're going to expose all golf viewers to both U.S. players, European, and your European Tour players. I mean, if you want to take the two, uh, the two biggest tours, and, like, you're going to kind of just – it's almost like cross-platforming, I mm -hmm. guess you can say on a gaming level. You're, you're cross-platforming these tours – and it's again, it's allowing for good exposure for the viewership and it's exposure for the players too. when you're going to you're going to find out, you know, you're going to find new fans. You're going to find, you know, like everybody's like rooting for the Rory's and the DJ's of the world. Well, what if someone comes out in you never heard of him and you're like, wow, like I'm going to root for this guy. Like I like his style. I like his personality. And, you know, that's I'm going to start rooting for this guy. And you're just going to see I think you're going to see so much more talent being mixed in you're gonna see a lot more different number ones coming down the stretch in the future if this falls through well and not only that right like coming down the stretch but coming to your hometown you know you yeah. talk about who travels where why it's so, such an issue it's because of those conflicting schedules a lot of the european tour guys don't want to kind of shit on their home tour you know they they need they want to support their home tour and vice versa a lot of the american guys want to stay in america stay close to their you know their families and, and they're kind of what they know so i mean it brings up an awesome conversation and i'm just going to kind of roll through these quick and, and then we can talk about what we like most about this schedule 
schedule. Uh, but, you know, it talks about a global schedule instead of this kind of West Coast swing, East Coast swing being the majority of the travel. We're still going to have that Hawaii West Coast swing in January and February and the Florida swing in March. Um, and then you go from Masters in April to Quail Hollow and then the Texas swing and then the PGA Championship. But here's where things get really interesting, awesome and dicey, right? You go from the U.S. Open, then you transition into really the European tours, couple majors, the Spanish open, the Irish open, the Scottish open. And then that rolls you right into open championship golf. Then you come back, play the FedEx cup playoffs. And then you have either the BMW championship or the PGA, you know, your kind of FedEx cup uh, playoff events. Now, yeah. Now you're in September. Now you're in September there. Um, and then, and then you roll right into either the Ryder cup or the president's cup, depending on what off year it is. But then the off season, quote unquote, what we're in right now in the fall, October, November, December gets really cool for golf, Asian swing in October, middle Eastern swing in November and Australian swing in December, bringing us straight from the outback, uh, with the kangaroos and everything right back into Hawaii in the West coast swing at the beginning of the new year. Um, I just, I think that hits every opportunity for the world to see a little bit of golf. Yeah. And I think, uh, like we were saying before, it's going to, it's going to open up a lot of, like I said, good exposure for courses to players to, uh, you know, better viewership for, cause I know like it's a lot of replays of golf during this time, if there's something not going on. So I think it's going to bring a lot of good when it comes to the viewership for the common uh, golf fan. It may become a little difficult for the pros though, regarding the travel schedule, it might wear and tear on them, but I mean, I don't know. We'll see. I, I mean, as a, if I was a tour pro and had the opportunity to, still be able to make some PGA events and be able to play in, you know, in Asia and the Middle East and even Australia, I would say, Hey, let's go. I mean, that's, everybody wants to travel, right? Everyone wants to see and play new courses. I think mm -hmm. there's a lot of good that's going to come out of it. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, who decides what tournaments and where they're going to play. The only one bad thing I could see happening from this, and I don't want to see it happen, is when you start combining alliances, right? You have maybe one tournament instead of a PGA Tour tournament and a European Tour tournament. I don't want these fields to be limited and kind of cost guys their jobs at the end of the day. I still want to see a full field for European tour. I still want to see full fields for PGA tour because, you know, I don't want to see less golf, I guess is what I'm going down, getting down to at the end of the day. I want to see still both conglomerates, both, you know, sections have their tournaments, you know, this weekend, if, if, if we were talking about the Mayakoba classic, I still want to see the European tour have their event over in Europe, same weekend. I don't want to have them not have tournaments because the other, you know, field is pulling at its teeth so I, I i still want to see the same amount of golf and i hope we still get that even though they, they're kind of joining alliances yeah i i don't think you're going to see that because there's just so many tour players that are looking to play on you know an event for that weekend i think that you're going to still see i think you're just going to see a mixed field of i guess you can say status tour european guys and status pga because it from what our understanding it's going to account um, points wise for all of them. So I think that's what you're going to see. So, you know how, like you say, like it's almost, you see the player's name and you see their nationality. I can see another table saying like their primary tour. I like that. I, I don't, I don't hate that one bit. 
Uh, I think it's just one of the, one of those extra added uh, bonuses, um, you know, that kind of just builds the game on a worldly scale. Yeah. It's going to do a lot more good than it is harm. And I'm pretty pumped for it. I mean, even though it's like, again, going back to the viewer, there could be courses out there that we've never heard of that we're going to be, you know, exposed to that offer public play. So now you're looking at, I mean, now you're looking at, oh, like, I mean, look at, I mean, you got the home of golf, right? You got St. Andrews. So many people plan years in advance to make that trip and go there. Mm -hmm. Now, if you open this up to other countries and, and regions across the world, you're probably going to see that more often now with, uh, with different locations like Australia, right? Say they play in like, or, you know, in like in Asian, they find like this sweet ass spot to travel to. And, you know, you're like, let's make a trip. Let's go there. You're going to, I think you're going to see a lot of that. So it's going to be, it again, it's going to bring, I think it's going to bring more good. I, I think you're right. Table. I think it, it's going to build those destination style golf trips um, on a worldly scale. And I mean, you know, we, I feel like as America, we don't ever really talk about Asia as being a destination golf trip kind of place. But I think the, I think the venues are there. I just think we haven't it, heard about them yet. It's because we don't know. Yeah. A hundred percent. We're so, not, we don't know. And I'm and, excited to find out. I'm, I'm yeah. totally excited to find out. Um, and you know, you talk about destination golf courses. I think we got to backtrack and talk about, uh, the match, the match, the third edition of the made for TV event, um, in which, you know, obviously we were all waiting in anticipation for this one, Charles Barkley, Phil Mickelson, Steph Curry, and big old, the sheriff himself, Peyton Manning. Um, this was, I think, everything you had kind of expected it to be um, from the makeup of we weren't going to see the chiseled, horrible golf swing of Charles Barkley, like like is kind of made, you know, made out to be so bad. He's this, he's that um, him and Phil have been working on his game. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And I want to dive into it. I, <laughs> I loved seeing Lefty dive into Charles Barkley and not only his physical game, but his mental game as well. Yeah, and you, I mean, I mean, if you thought Charles Barkley was going to go in there and still have that hitch swing, I'm sorry, but that that wasn't going to happen. It, he, he even said he's been working months on his game. I would say more on his swing just to get a fluid swing. And let you know, he, if you go take videos back of that, that weird hitch to where he kind of just gets all jammed up, I mean, that's not even there. It's completely new. You're shocked that he can be able to do that. Granted, he does not make the best of contact. I mean, he's a 20 handicap, so he's going to have missed shots. But one of the coolest things about that pairing was the fact that Phil Mickelson was just one hell of a coach, you know, talking him through the entire event. I mean, there was times like, you know, he's especially on the mental side because, you know, as a higher handicapper, you're probably – you get freaked out by a lot more things. Like, am I going to hit it square? Like, I don't want to, it's always don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. And don't shank it. Don't hit in the woods. Like it's always don't, don't, don't. And what does everybody say? When you have those thoughts, you're most likely going to do that. Mm -hmm. And the fact that, I mean, Phil's just sitting there and he goes, all right, we're working on two things today. And you're going to focus on those two things. I, I kind of, it was like, I think it was like good tempo and like clear mind 
I think it was like those two things. It was like an actual like sw- it was actually like a swing motion and it was like a swing thought. So it was like one mental and one physical, which I thought was awesome to see. And that was coming out of out of lefty. And it's just the, the knowledge that Phil has is just insane. I mean, it just goes to show how talented these tour pros are when it comes to just the golf game alone and how much they know about it. Oh, 100%. It just it put on display not only the, the, you know, we all know Phil Mickelson is one of the greatest ball strikers of all time. It put on the mental display of what goes on behind the scenes in Phil Mickelson's game on a daily basis as he gets ready for any golf tournament. And it goes to show you his mental uh, capacity to understand the game at a higher level than most of us will ever in our lifetime. Um, it, it was so cool to see. And it was awesome. It, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get with these events as they pair up, you know, random celebrities with, with pros, but it, it almost got to me like Phil kind of had a soft spot in his heart for Charles Barkley to the point where he really wanted to not only win, but he wanted to help him along the way. And I think it just kind of spoke as well to the kind of fan favorite Phil's always been for his entire career the 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 people's you know champ it it seemed like phil wanted the greater good for charles barkley as well as winning the 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 match oh yeah i mean there was times he was telling him uh it was funny because i guess he was struggling with the driver and he was like all right you're not hitting anything more than a five iron today (laughs) so i think charles was just pulling five iron off the tee all day i mean there was times he was on the green and i mean He had maybe like a 40-footer, 40 to 50-footer. They were just kind of off the green. They took a putter on it. It was Charles' shot. And there was this – the pin was kind of middle of the green, but he had to putt uphill, and then it kind of eventually started going back downhill. But there was this ridge right where he had to – he had to putt it right up this ridge because it it fell back on both uh, the left and right side. And then Phil just dissected that green like – you wouldn't even think of him. He's like, he is look at this spot. Look at here. Look at there. It was he like was, he had a green reading book in his hand, but he was doing it all off of memory. Off of memory and just looking at it. That's yep. what I thought was the bit. He just like, like if you and I were to go look at the green, okay. You know, you know, we try and get the behind the ball and then flip it back around and kind of get a feel of like what we're looking at with the break and whatnot. But he's dissecting what kind of speed we got to hit the grass where it's moving. Uh, the way the sun's hitting it. I mean, like every nick and cranny that you can think of. And then he tells Charlie, he goes, see that spot up there, hit it there. But you want to, he goes, you want to give it enough speed, but not enough speed. Like he goes, you want to hit it hard, but not too hard. And he hit it to like two inches. It was an absolute, just, just, it was, it was, it was just teamwork. It was an absolute essence of teamwork. I think, this was the same point in time, and and I have to get this in here because it was one of the funniest moments of the week or or the the match. Um, Shaq, I mean, the announcers were pretty good during the entire, you know, chirping back and forth and everything. Um, This was the the point in time where, you know, he was trying to read a green, everybody was trying to read a green, and and, and Shaq says to him, Chuck, if you can't read words, how are you going to read a green? Uh, I thought it was was one of the greatest chirps of the whole match. Yeah, everybody was talking about that. I mean, it's always fun to do, because I know Shaq and I know Charles can both chirp very well, and they do that especially especially well when they're behind the mic. but like to put it on there, that was a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I did feel bad for, I think, Steph and Peyton. I think you should have put a pro with one of them because mm-hmm. they had, they were playing alternate shot and I don't care how good you are. Alternate shots tough because then you got, you don't want to let your partner down after like 
say like if we were playing and you pipe one right down the middle now i gotta play the shot mm-hmm. into the green and i hit like a bad one like that's that's a lot of nerves and i'll oh, tell you what and- i know i know these pros are they, they can handle nerves in their professional sport of football and basketball but golf's a different breed man and, and it just seemed it, they Peyton and Steph they struggled and I know everybody was chirping Steph for being a plus one handicap listen you have bad days I mean pressure was on they were they were very quiet I think they were nervous and they were focused because they did not want to screw up I'll tell you this and and obviously with the pairings people were trying to look at Steph and say well he's shot 70 in a corn fairy tour event he's got to be the pro right um no, th- this is a pressure packed situation. He was obviously showing a little bit of the pressure wobbles, I guess you could say, because he was the guy to go look to. Peyton Manning's good, but he's not great. Um, and, and when you're when you are the matchup against Phil Mickelson, obviously it was Phil versus Steph when you're talking about high skill levels, and then you got Chuck versus Peyton trying to round up the back end. It, it was a tough spot for those two guys to be in, and I agree. I think there should have been one pro on the other side. I don't know if you ditched. Steph and you you bring in a pro or if you ditch Peyton and bring in a pro uh, I, I don't know how you work that but there should have been one pro on each side of the match and it made it tough and, and I think uh, I saw on Twitter Max Homa put it properly he's like he's a plus one you know how many plus ones struggle to break 80 at a, at a tour course you know he's like Dustin Johnson's a plus six and I've seen him shoot 80 on PGA tour venues so I mean to, to bust to bust Steph for having one bad day when the cameras are on him and he was obviously sweating it the entire round I think is a little you know not fair I think people get misconstrued uh, with the the concept of the handicap system mm-hmm. the handicap system basically is i mean if you look at it you take your you take your eight best scores of your top 20 rounds and that's your handicap of your top 20 current latest rounds right like that's like your handicap so that's your best eight best rounds out of your last 20 scores mm-hmm. so i mean you're not you're if you're uh if you're a two handicap you're not going to play a two every single weekend that handicap basically states the caliber player that you are on your best day you're and golf's a game of misses and golf's you lose 90 percent of the time that you actually win Mm -hmm. and i think people get uh you know they misinterpret the the concept of a handicap yes he could be a plus one but the guy's gonna go out and shoot 80s or whatnot here and there i mean it happens that's golf and i think people forget about that and i think people need to realize that you know the handicap system i i I hate it i honestly hate it because i think it just screws up things more than none but i i also think that it needs to be in place to make the game fair across the board so i can go out and play with my my dad and compete against him and he's a you know a 20 plus handicap you know what i'm saying oh absolutely and i think you know uh, the handicap system combined with playing different tees you know playing up um if you're a 20 some handicap you shouldn't be playing it all the way back um it's one of those things where it's a combination of everything obviously you want to make at the end of the day at the end of the day the majority of people who play this game want to make it fair for everyone and is not playing that high-end tournament golf um, no. So, I mean, it's just, it's tough. It, it definitely is. I, I felt bad for Steph because he got absolutely roasted the entire match, but it wasn't really fair. I didn't feel like, you know, we, everybody's got off days and he just chose to do it in front of, you know, 30 million people. I think it would be sick. Yeah. I mean, it's tough too. And the cameras on that, I mean, you're going to get roasted if you have a bad, bad thing, but Hey man, that, that still probably was fun as hell for him. But I think going into like match 4.0, 
I think you should do Phil and you should do JT. And I think they recruit their own, their partner. I agree. Take their, take their personal celebrity friend and have a match and ditch the alternate shot. I never want to see that on national television again from a celebrity. Yeah, match. It's better ball all day, man. Better has ball to be go. because I mean, alternate shot. So say, say if you and I went and played, played an alternate shot round and we shot a 70, right? Mm-hmm. We took what? 35 swings each. And half of that was probably putts on the green. There's so like, zero rhythm involved in alternate shot. No, I mean, you're not even playing golf. You're playing, you're, it's like hitting a small bucket at the range and that's it. And you're done. And it's like, wait, it's over. Nah, man, these guys are out to have a good time. They were out for charity. They were doing a good thing and they're out to play some golf. Like if I'm going into that, I want to play 18 full holes and I want to play uh, a shot once I tee off until mm-hmm. it's hold on each hole. Hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. So no, I think that's uh, you know, it's one of those things where I, I I do enjoy these matches. It just seems like they try and sauce it up too much every time, and not just let golf take the forefront. Um, I I really am enjoying all these kind of you know color commentating. I absolutely love that. I can't wait to see who they continue to bring in next. Um, it always seems like it's someone a little bit more uh, fiery, a little bit more spunky, and it's fun. It, it's really cool to see these guys jaw back and forth. Oh no doubt. That's why I'm saying because Peyton didn't really talk. Steph didn't talk. It was kind of like the Phil show and just making mm-hmm. sure Barkley was playing well. Uh, I, but you need, I think Phil likes the chirp. He's good at, he's good with the mic um, while he's playing. And that's, I think you need JT as your other professional player. I think you will get a lot of entertainment just between those two bantering back and forth. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I guess we'll just have to wait and see because there's no perspective match for, but um, we'll see it when they come out with it. So, yeah. guys, speaking of coming out with things, we've gotten all of our Masters merch in. If you haven't checked it out, go check it out on the website. Uh, we aren't doing a Cyber Monday sale, but what we are doing is a Walker Wednesday sale. It's specific to us, guys. We're going to have everything 20% off in the shop on Wednesday. So whether it's masters merch, whether it's some enjoy the walk OG logos, whether it's uh, any of the other kind of merchandise we have on there, we have some, a few hats left, um, whether it's the dad hat or the, uh, the trucker cap or the camo cap guys, go check it out. www.enjoythewalkpod.com. Uh, 20% off all day, Wednesday, Walker Wednesday, uh, go get your enjoy the walk merch today. While you're on there, check out single strap society. Whether it's a digital citizen or a physical citizen, check it out. You guys get, with the welcome kit, a 12-ounce logo cup, 3-inch sticker, a 25-count of custom wooden tees from Western Birch Golf, the highest quality golf tees in the game, and a logo tour towel from Winston Collection. Guys, this tour towel is epic. It's got the Enjoy the Walk logo, the Shield, and the Single Strap Society logo on there. In classic Winston collection fashion with the five blue stripes down the entire towel. It's a perfect tour towel for anyone who's single strapping it. So guys, go check that out. If you're a physical citizen, be on the lookout as we are going to release the strap book, a tri-annual publication highlighting all great things that 
are in this country or hopefully in the future in the world of golf um, for those who strap it up one strap at a time. So guys, go check it out. You also get access to all member events online and in person as we roll them out in 2021, as well as members only merchandise. So guys, go check that out today. Enjoy the walkpod.com slash single strap society and go follow us on Instagram at single strap society. So Dante, we've covered pretty much everything um, that happened in the world of golf or what we were looking to see in the world of golf. What about us personally, man? What, what was your last weekend? Like I didn't get much golf cause I was traveling. I had the hunting week. I had, uh, you know, just family time up in uh, Pennsylvania, but you had a little Turkey trot where there was nine K up to grab. Uh, <laughs> l- let me, let me in on that. Uh, that happening of events, man. Did, did you yeah. get yourself any cash? Uh, I owed money. Uh, I know I, I struggled, man. I, I don't know. I guess you can say it's like the tournament pressure. Um, every year we, we host a member event. Um, one of the guys, uh, Z, he runs, he runs it all the time. Always does a great show, um, puts on a great tournament and whatnot, but we get, you know, all the guys kind of like the two conglomerate groups from our blue group and our, our hack brigade group. We just consolidate and, you know, it's a, it's a better ball tournament. Pick your partner. Um, $150 a guy. We had 60, 60 guys playing. So 30 teams. And there's uh, basically 9K in the pot to be split out through the next two days. Now, it wasn't just, it wasn't, uh, um, what is it? It wasn't like like traditional tournament. There was like a day, there was like a day one winner, a day two winner and a day and an overall winner. Uh, there were skins to be broken up. There was closest to the pin. So there was opportunities to win some cash. If you weren't really playing that great. And if you played bad on the first day, you still had an opportunity to win day two, which kind of kept everybody in it. I mean, it's a big um, camaraderie uh, weekend. It's always, that's one of the tournaments we always do kind of member, uh, initiated a member run. Uh, we usually do about three, uh, three of them throughout the, throughout the season, kind of like one at the beginning of the year, kind of middle of the summer and then this Thanksgiving one. And it's always fun. And, you know, I had, had my partner, we were, he was a two handicap. I was playing, playing as a four, uh, I got four strokes and I'll tell you what, dude, it is tough to get things going. I mean, you need to make birdies in this tournament. I mean, birdies are flying left and right. And, you know, him and I, were, we, we were striking it well. You know, we, we were giving ourselves opportunities, but the putts were just not falling. I'm telling you, we were just burning edges left and right. I think we probably had or just came up short. I'm talking like tap-in pars. Like, we were like team par. We were joking around it. Like, on the second day, like, we were just like, you know what? We're just team par. Screw it. Just crack open the beers. Uh, you know, light up the stogies, and let's just enjoy the rest of the day. Uh-huh. We just just couldn't drop anything. I mean, we probably had about 18 pars that probably should have at least been birdies, and we would have well been in it. And but I mean, I did get some golf in them, and it was a lot of fun. It's great seeing everybody, especially around the holiday times and all that, because I know everybody's working this and that, and you know, times are crazy and people are busy, and you don't really see you probably some of these guys I haven't seen in months, and it's like you know, it's good to see them. So. I mean, you can't complain. I was, yes, I was frustrated as you saw on my Facebook that I was looking for a new hobby at the, uh, after this, after the first day, the way I played, I just felt it's frust It's frustrating too. When you play in like a better ball event or a team event, it's, you know, you want to make sure that you play well enough that you're, you're 
partner's not carrying you the entire time. And after day one, I felt as if I, I just went through the motions and just played golf. Um, I felt I kind of contributed a little bit more the second day, but it just, I mean, it, it was just par after par after par. <laughs> it was, it was frustrating. We didn't really ham an egg. So um, on the scoring aspect, frustrating, but you know, that's golf, man. You got to go out and better luck next year and just, you know, just take it in and enjoy it. I mean, it was the end of November and we're still playing in 55, 60 degree weather in, you know, the Northeast here in Southern New Jersey. I was like, you gotta take the good with the bad. (laughs) My exact thoughts to you. You're playing golf, huge event golf um, in in the middle to end of November Uh, in Pennsylvania. That's what you call a gift from the gods Um, there, you know, very well could be snow on the ground next week. So we got to take every single day and use it to the best of our abilities. I mean, I even played, uh, I even played a, 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 I guess you can quote, quote unquote, practice round Thursday, uh, Thanksgiving morning. And it was, at first it was looking like a washout. I mean, the rain whipped through. I mean, you know, the rain rain was ripping through and shoot, man, it was, I don't know what happened, but if you looked at the radar, there was, it was all coming from the West and there was like two major storms and it was just moving in so fast. That the next thing you know, we had this window where it was dry from the time we teed off and then the sun came out. I was like, this is amazing. So I got like, what do we have here? I thought it was a washout. So you just had to go out, take it, uh, take it in and just enjoy it. Because when I was the night before, I was like, well, I don't want to do in the morning. I am not playing golf. And here I am. I got 18 in. So it was a good weekend of golf. I got three rounds in. I had a nice little four-day break. Uh, Yeah, it was fun. I mean, yeah, it didn't go my way. Didn't want, It's not what I was anticipating. But again, like we just said, I was able to get out and play three rounds in the end of November. That's kind of unheard of. Oh, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, weather doesn't look entirely warm but it doesn't look too freezing either. So I might be able to sneak out uh, Saturday and Sunday this weekend and and get some golf in. Now, now's the time to really start focusing on, all right, well, what's what's the sun going to be like and what's the wind going to be like and what's the high of the temperature. So it's kind of now, now you're going to be the meteorologist for the next two or three months well, and it's one of those up. it's one of those things too right like i especially with our situation with the palm springs golf championship we cannot put the clubs in uh like a cellar we can't put them away right now we gotta keep swinging we've got we've got that big tournament january 10th through the 14th so I we know. there's no way we can put the clubs down so whether it's finding some semi golf or whether it's finding some you know semi-warm weather bundling up and just going out and figuring it out we got to keep swinging straight through january bub yeah i hear you man i'm listen if there's an opening to play golf i know you and i are definitely going to be out there there's no doubt about that uh guys kind of talking there about the palm springs golf championship i've know we've mentioned it a couple times but as it gets closer and things start kind of you know getting towards our deadlines here. Um, if you guys want to join us, there's still time to go to the Palm Springs golf championship website, FunGolfVacations.com, and hit the learn more button guys. What it's going to show you is everything that's involved with this year's tournament in 2021 out at PGA West, uh, 
if you're playing in the gross division, you get two days out at the stadium course, the course the pros play, and then another day at a Nicholas design course. Guys, you aren't going to want to miss out on this. Uh, sign up today. Use the coupon code ETW2021 at checkout and join us. Guys, you get $25 off the stay and play package. The room and board is all right there. That includes your stay, your food, your golf for three straight days. It includes a practice round. Um, guys, this is going to be an absolutely epic event. And if you haven't checked out our last podcast, I, I suggest you go do it. Actually, two podcasts ago where we sat down with Trent Feltz and kind of talked about the whole week. Dante, we don't just have PGA West and Palm Springs golf championship on our radar. We've got some other gems too. And, and I'm pretty psyched for that whole week. And guys, if you sign up for this event, you guys can join us on those golf excursions too. Dante, it's going to be a hell of a week and I hope people can go out and join us. It's going to be nice. Weather's going to be warm. Anybody in that, you know, it's going to be winter and pretty much majority of the country. If you can get out there and get some uh, summer like weather again, join us uh it's it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun um but again i mean we're gonna play some tough ass courses so the focus will be there because i don't want to go all the way out there and embarrass myself so. no sir and i mean you know we we obviously matt janella just made the move out from florida to san diego area san diego is only an hour south of where we're going to be most of the week peep the San Diego spot we might be in for one day. If you guys listen to that podcast, you'll know what we're talking about. But the San Diego weather, Matt Janela was posting on his Instagram stories the other night. Uh, he's like, when people ask about the new life in San Diego, uh, it's 70, 70, 70, 70, 72, 70, 70 right now in San Diego with no uh, forecast change in the near and, and, and extended forecast. It's going to be some great it weather. And I think at night it goes down to like high fifties, low, like low sixties. Perfect fire pit weather for anybody yep. who knows uh, the Matt Janella podcast, you know, I'll shamelessly plug it. The fire pit pod. Uh, we love that. And we love sitting around the fire and just mucking it up guys. So if you want to sit around a fire, uh, muck it up after a day of great golf or a lot of days of great golf out in the Palm Springs area, go join us, uh, go sign up for the Palm Springs golf championship. We'll be forever grateful. Use that coupon code ETW 2021 at checkout and, uh, and come out and join us. Uh, we'll be doing live podcasts every day. We'll be doing a ton of uh, content, whether it's flying the drones, getting photography, uh, just mucking it up. We want to hear the people's stories out there too, which we'll be bringing you as well. And if you guys don't want to play in the gross division, they also have a net players division. Um, they have groups from age 18 to 39, a 40 to 59, a seniors, which is 60 plus. Guys, they also have a women's group. A young gals, 18 to 39, and a women's 40 plus. So tell your lady friends, tell your significant other, bring your significant other, uh, make it a trip. We haven't been able to travel since all of this COVID stuff started. So make this an excuse to take a, a, a golf related uh, extravaganza out to Palm Springs. Bring the ladies uh, and, and join us for a great week out at Palm Springs. We cannot wait um, to go out there and have that trip. So, Dante, I, I think that's about it, man. Is there anything else you want to pop on at the end of this pod? I don't know, man. Hey, if you're in the Northeast and you get out and play, go do it. Amen to that. Sometimes, you know, I mean, we're coming to that. Yeah, just go out and play. Get out if you can. Go. Better words could not have been said. So, guys, whether it's on the golf course or carrying your clubs, get out there and enjoy the walk. 